Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody. How you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Doing very well. This was a milestone week uh, for me, Jody. Uh, my son, uh, who turned 16 uh, in April... Uh, the DMV finally reopened. He got his learner's permit. And man, did that hit home uh, for me. Crazy, crazy uh. stuff. Um, our buddy Ken, uh, our mutual friend Ken, said it best on social media when my wife posted the news. Uh, oh, my God, I'm calling a retirement complex to get us adjoining rooms. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's crazy. So I took him out. You, for... sent, you sent that video to me. It was awesome. It was cool. Yeah, I don't think he was expecting it on the way home from the DMV. There's a uh, place that, uh, university that's near our house. I took him there and I let him drive around the university. It was pretty quiet and uh, he had a ball and it was surreal, right? I'm in the passenger seat now, right? So it was interesting. So great week, had a daddy-daughter date with another good buddy of mine, my buddy Jonathan and his daughter uh, went out for food and uh, the girls got along great and, and we were chatting and talking and it just had a great time. So really, had a really great week, Jody. I I gotta say, on a personal note, uh, how was your how, how's everything going with you? Yeah, week went well. Uh, not as exciting or or a milestone as yours, Paul, but uh, a great week nonetheless. Very cool, very cool. So today's topic or is a follow up to the high school graduates. Um, it's it's we're gonna talk about college graduates today, right? It's graduation season, so we're gonna talk about financial advice for our college graduates. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. Uh, on a related story to our topic, uh, from CNBC, the headline, the class of 2020 is getting a crash course in pivoting, changing their career outlook, delaying graduation, whatever it takes. Um, I like this article, Jody. It was all about the pivot, the ability to figure out how to make the right decision to a different direction. Um, I think it was all good stuff in there. The one thing I took away that I didn't think was so great is in terms of advice was delaying graduation or going directly to grad school, kind of out of duress, um, especially if your family can't afford it, right? I think that's something that should be off the table. Um, that was just my personal take. Everything else in the article was, was pretty telling in terms of being able to pivot, figuring out how you can best make best light of the situation at hand, right, with COVID going on, with job opportunities being down and unemployment skyrocketing, all these different things. Um, so I thought it was a good article nonetheless. Jody, what was your take when it came to this article? Yeah, I think you're right, Paul. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, never want to see someone take on mountains and mountains of debt to get a college or a graduate, uh, you know, postgraduate degree. Uh, and especially in the environment that we're in right now, when you see all kinds of job loss and challenges in uh, in, in the economy, um, uh, I would never want to see someone um, delay graduating. Um, I think if you're a, you're you're a rising freshman, you're going into your freshman year in college. That may be a very different circumstance as opposed to uh, a rising senior. Who's looking at you know being one or two semesters away from graduating? I would urge that person to keep go keep on going, and get that that uh, degree in the bag. And even a rising sophomore, junior, you know, stay on that road. Don't don't pull off the road and get into the to the rest stop. Um, you're on the highway. Keep going. 
Um, I think the only difference might be if you're if you're a rising freshman, you might have a different perspective on that. The other thing that just jumped out at me in this article here was this person writes that uh, entry level jobs now pay an average of fifty four thousand dollars a year down from last year's fifty nine thousand um, dollars. That's not a small amount of money. <laughs> oh, especially at those numbers. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I can appreciate if the, if the trend is down. Okay, if the trend is down, that's one conversation. But 54 grand is not nothing. <laughs> so uh, recent graduates, um, you know, take the bull by the horns, man. See it for what it is. That's money. And uh, um, it's hard for everyone out there. But uh, 54 grand is not, nothing to sneeze at. Oh, absolutely. And I think you said it, thankful and grateful. And it's something you hit upon was, you know, if you're a sophomore or a junior, hey, get, open your eyes. Start planning now, right, for graduation. Start working your network. Start looking at internships. Try, you know, really put the pedal to the metal, as they say, uh, in addition to your schoolwork. Uh, figure out how you can make sure that when you graduate, because, you know, I hate to say it, but COVID could still be prevalent. By the time you graduate, if you're a sophomore now and by the time you get to your graduation as a senior, uh, unfortunately, this could still be a way of life. We just don't know. So, you know, like you said, take the bull by the horns, even as a sophomore and just and just, you know, get at it. Right. I think that's the key. Um, the second story, uh, another related story is in the Long Island Herald dot com um, college grads seeking jobs in a pandemic. Um, the main messaging I took away here, uh, uh, th reading through the article, was, and I thought was wise advice, um, treat your interview uh, in the virtual world as you would in person, right? So I think that that was a very good call out uh, because I still think most interviews nowadays, except for some companies where you could get away with flip-flops, t-shirts, and shorts going to your interview, um, you, you want to dress for success. You want to dress the part, Right. Don't go over the top. You know you don't want to show up in tuxedo in a tuxedo, right? To an interview. I'm reminded of the uh, oh uh, Step Brothers, the movie Step Brothers, when they go interview for the job. <laughs> I would say we interview you. Uh, all right. Yes, that's a uh, sometimes useful exercise. Please put your hand down. Go ahead. How much money do you make a year before taxes? Okay, I'm actually not comfortable answering that. Come on. We're doing the interview now, not you. That, that scene, if I, it, hands down, is the best. You know, uh, where he, they're like, we're, we're interviewing together, right? And they're, they're tuxedos. I'm sorry, I'm going way off course here. But you want to dress appropriate for, for the interview. And if it's virtual on Zoom, put on a dress shirt, even if you have your shorts on. Um, you know, be, make sure you're, you're showered, uh, your hair is brushed. Um, you're ready, you're prepared, just like you would in person. You're on time, you connect on time. All those different things come into play. So I thought that was great advice within the article, which I kind of read into in terms of enhancing wardrobe and stuff like that I saw. But um, Jody, what was your take on this article? It talked about enhancing certain things about you. And I would say that the, the takeaway for me from this article um, was to make sure that you're enhancing you. And that's the whole you. That's, you know, they talk about wardrobe and resume and things like that. But let's talk about your skills. Let's talk about what you're capable of doing. Let's talk about what you are doing while you're waiting around to get that job interview. You know, are you blogging? Are you creating a podcast? Are you doing something um, that is in, and I'm just saying that because that would be the things that I would do, right? But, but figure out the things that you would be doing to enhance you 
what we might have used to say enhance your resume, enhance your skills um, to to make you a more attractive employee long term for the moment when you do get that interview, when you do get that uh, opportunity um, to leverage all the things that you've been doing in this downtime that you've had. Um, you know, there are online courses you can take. I'm not going to plug any because they're not paying us. <laughs> but, but, you know, use the time to enhance you um, and do the things that you're going to need to do um, to both pivot uh, as well as making yourself a, a far more attractive employee for when that, that opportunity comes along. Great call out, Jody. I, I got to say, I, I, you... I think read this more thoroughly than me, but I love the insight there in terms of not only enhancing your wardrobe, but enhancing yourself. I think that's very key. Um, so I think with that, um, we'll move on to the weekly topic. Advice for our, our college graduates from both a financial and life point of view. And the articles that we talked about all lead to better financial future, right? Uh, so I think that's key, and that's why the stories were uh, were picked this week that reflect what we're talking about uh, in this week. So my current situation, Jody, um, I remember my graduation pretty well. I couldn't wait. I always had a full-time job while going to school full-time. And, and I, you know, we talked about this on past podcasts. Um, in a perfect world, I would have just stayed at school and, and lived in the dorms full-time and kind of gotten the full breadth of the college experience. But that's okay. Um, I was thankful and grateful even to go to college, right, and and get through it. Uh, but to be honest with you, uh, when I had I had a full time job uh, while I was going to school, and when I was graduating, I re just remember saying to myself, "Man, this is gonna be so great! I only got one thing to do next week. No more school. <laughs> I'm just gonna have my job." And it was very, um, you know, graduate on a Sunday, Monday back at work. That's really what it was. But I didn't have to do the commute back and forth to Fordham and do all these different things anymore. So it was really cool just to have one job and concentrate on one thing. So I thought that was really good. Um, you know, so for me, uh, it worked out pretty well. I had moved out of my house, uh, my parents' house shortly after with a dear old friend, uh, my buddy JD. Had a great time for a few years there. Uh, but, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about today, I didn't follow. Right, so for a couple of years there, before I had that enlightening uh, discussion with JD's grandfather, Grandpa Vitti, uh, in his car about pay yourself first, I was spending everything I made, and I kept steadily making more money when I was living with my buddy. Um, I switched jobs, um, I was making more money, and it just kept moving. And and to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't saving any. It, it felt like the more I made, the more it went away. And I wasn't spending it on things that you would think of that would drain the bank account. Uh, it's the little things. I wasn't taking extravagant trips. I didn't have really expensive cars. I, it was just life and not paying attention to my finances that really got to me. So I didn't have the credit card problem. I resolved that issue in college. I would pay my credit cards off as cash. And I've had that mantra for a very long time. But if you run up the credit cards and you got to pay it at the end of the month, well, heck, you know, you know, it, you're you're just running them up and paying them off. I wasn't saving any money, so um, today we're going to talk about all these different things to make sure that um, you learn from us and hopefully take a little bit of this advice if you're a college graduate. And if you take a little bit of this advice, I think you'll have some success here. Jody, what was your current situation uh, when you graduated? 
Yeah, Paul, uh, we were kind of similar in that I also had a job lined up when I graduated college. Um, I went to uh, school for four years to basically to work at the radio station because I wanted to be a radio reporter when I graduated. Um, and so I had that job lined up when I graduated, at least got on that path to being that radio reporter when I graduated. Um, I chased my dream rather than chasing a paycheck. Uh, and those paychecks were really low for a, a very long time. You know, I made that observation about uh, in, in the news section about, you know, this average starting salary for a college graduate right now is $54,000 a year. I, mine was significantly less than that. I was going to say, <laughs> were you even close to that, Jody? Holy. And right, I, well, I would love to go back and yeah. do the math and adjust that for inflation. But I bet it was way less. <laughs> it was ridiculous to the point where, no joke, I mean, I went home to live with mom and dad. Um to save on housing costs. I wanted to move into an apartment by myself and blah, 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 but there was no money for that um, because I was I was chasing the job that I wanted regardless of the, the amount of money that it paid. And disclaimer, you know, I, I was able to do that, right? And I recognize that not everybody might be able to do that. Um, that aside, um, the point is, is that I went after the career path that I wanted and, and not the paycheck. I didn't focus on the stuff. I didn't focus on the things um, that the job was going to get me, whether that's the apartment or the car or the restaurants or they're going out with friends or whatever. Um, but I was always having fun. I was always having a good time chasing that dream. And I only started chasing a paycheck. Really, I, I was trying to think about this this morning when I started adding things to my life, things like buying a house or getting married, starting a family, which, you know, all of those uh, milestones in life um, bring with it added costs. And, and you take on those added costs uh, happily. But the idea being is, oh, we got to pay for this now. We got to pay for that. We want to do that. We got to make this amount of money. Um, so, so I think, you know, looking back, I'm not sure that I that I put this into words as I was going through the process, but I, I, looking back, I realized that I won't ever have everything, all the stuff that I want, right? And I've reached a point in my life where I don't care. Um, if you do what you want, you might sacrifice money, but if you chase money, you might have to sacrifice your happiness. And I think the latter is far worse. I can live with less stuff if I am happy. Yeah. I, I a lot of things there, Jody, and all well said. I think the thing that jumped out for me, which was resonated, was I chased, I believe, the paycheck as opposed to any kind of dream. Uh, maybe because I didn't know what the dream was. Um, I was always taught that, you know, bird in the hand, you, you know, you, you got to get a good paycheck, good paycheck, good paycheck. You got to get a job that pays well. And I was an accounting major, um, didn't do anything with it. I mean, it helps me in life in terms of my career now, um, you know, so, but I think overall, um, the accounting degree probably might probably wasn't the best choice for me, but it was drilled into me that that was the, you have to have a job with a good ROI and an accounting degree will give you a good ROI, right? Um, wasn't put in those exact words, but that was the connotation I got from family, friends of the family, et cetera. I think for me, and I tell my kids this all the time, Jody, and and uh, hopefully the graduates are listening to this, uh, and this all ties back to financial. I know we have a lot of life stuff going on here, but it really does tie back to the financials. If you do what you love, typically the money comes with it at some point, and I think that's key to remember. 
and you have to do what you love because otherwise this life is very long and it's not fun, right? So you have to do and you have to find things in your life that you like to do and especially your career. Most of your life is going to be spent on that career, hours, physical hours in that career, making that paycheck, right? Whether it's 40 hours plus a week, it's got to be at least 40 hours plus a week, right? So um, in most cases, it's much more, but you have to be happy with those goals and you, and it all tied back to uh, the finances at some point. But uh, very interesting. I love that story, Jody, about you chasing your dream and, 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 and that's very cool. Um, and the fact that you came to that realization at one point that you're not going to have everything. And I think we both came to that realization as well. Um, and you just kind of beat our content. But for new grads, uh, that's not in the forefront of their uh, of their cortex or their lobe in their brain, right? They're they're going to be thinking as young adults, right? And and so some of these mistakes will be made, but hopefully some of the listeners out there, um, and hopefully some college grads that listen to this will uh, take away some uh, good advice in terms of uh, career choice. And I think yeah. uh, where we focused here was was good to kind of talk about chasing the paycheck versus chasing the dream. And and hopefully for most of you you get both. I think. Yeah, that's and the I mean I mean here's the other perspective too, Paul is is that you know when you're when you're 25 or 22 or 23 or 25, you know you think that 40 is old, <laughs> and and that 15 years that you have um, are are probably in terms of setting yourself up for success are probably the most important years of your life. Um, and so what I would urge people to do who are in that age range is to not squander the opportunity that they have, um, both um, in what they can accomplish immediately and what they can accomplish over the course of that 15 years. And I think we'll get into this a little bit later. Um, you know, the, you should be taking as many risks as possible when you're, when you're in your 20s, right? You should be going out and doing whatever the hell you want. Don't, don't move to security uh, you know, and find the biggest paycheck you can. I mean, you're, if, if that's going to make you happy, you're going to get a big payday. Great. But go take risks. Go do your thing. Go go do the thing you want to do. Chase that dream. Don't move to the security of the paycheck just because you think that's what you're supposed to do. We'll be talking about a little bit more of these pieces as we go into the discussion topics. I think we're going to get into some of these mechanics, right? And they all really do tie back to the finances, um, because, um, you know, you have to have that balance. And I think today uh, we'll kind of go into some of these topics. The first one is the grad school, right? Uh, so you've, you've just graduated. You haven't had any job experience. Um, do you go right to grad school? Can you afford to go right to grad school? Do you take some time off into and, and get a job in, quote, unquote, the real world and then attempt to do grad school at night? Uh, we've had a whole mix of people that are doing this. I know, Jody, your wife has gone back to school. Our buddy Dave got his MBA along with his brother got, getting his MBA. So I, I know a lot of people that have taken different routes with this. Either they go directly from undergrad to grad school, um, like my wife did going into law school, or you have people that go into the workforce, take a few years, and then go to grad school or get their law degree. Uh, we've had pe friends of ours that have done complete shifts where one became a nurse and then be she became a doctor, right? So all these different things come into play. Jody, what's your take when it comes to, to grad school? I think grad school is 
the ultimate ROI leverage question. You know, uh, you can't get, I don't, I don't think that you can go to postgraduate, to graduate school um, and, and pay for that degree and go through all the, the, uh, the work that goes into getting one of those degrees, regardless of what it is, if that isn't going to have a direct impact on your salary, on your earning potential. Um, you know, my, my wife went, went, uh, got a, her second, her second oh, graduate. Uh, sorry, Jody, her second yeah, I one. <laughs> I like, no, I got to bow down. I'm just uh, like, man, am I, I lazy? I have no idea how I got this really smart woman to marry me. It's just insane. Cause I'm an idiot. Um, but you know, she got, she got her MBA years ago and now she pivoted back to education and she went back, she got a, she got an education, uh, master's degree. So, uh, but that was because she wanted to become a full-time classroom teacher. So it was the reason she went to grad school was to get the job she wanted to get. And she couldn't get that job if she didn't have that degree. So it was cyclical, right? And, and so to me, that's what you've got to do. You can't just go back to, to go to grad school for the fun of it um, and pay all that money and go through all that work. It's got to have a direct impact on the job you're going to get and the earning potential that you, you're going to have. Yeah, I have to agree. Grad school has to be not only ROI driven, has to be goal driven. What is the goal of grad school? If you're just going to go to grad school just to go, it doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, you really do have to have a plan. You have to have a goal. You have to figure out that ROI. Um, and you also have to take into account the field you're going into. Maybe the field you're going into uh, requires or suggests that you finish your undergrad then work a little bit in the real world, then go back to get your graduate degree, right? It all depends, right? So those are all the things you have to look at. But one thing that's that's above and beyond everything uh, that I think uh, in terms of grad school is the cost and, and how are you going to pay for it, right? So if you've already taken out a bunch of college debt and now you're going to go to grad school and you're going to layer another tranche of debt on top of your undergrad debt and then expect to get out of school and pay off all this debt Whew. jody i'm losing my breath here just thinking about how high those numbers could be right knowing how much uh people um with no with no jobs get loaned money for college nowadays right it's very easy to get into debt half a million dollars plus between undergrad and grad school right so jody what's your take on on the debt aspect of of grad school i think setting aside um the fundamental problems of what college costs in this country and how it absolutely needs to be changed um and how colleges are going to force uh be forced to change i think right now uh in this in this covid world this new covid world that we have um, they're going to be forced to lower their tuitions. They're going to be forced um, to change the way college is financed and, and how they get students. Putting all that aside, I think you need to be really, really smart about getting a paying for a college education because um, we've got this this generational, multi generational lie that if you go to college, you'll get a better job. It's not necessarily the case. And Paul, we've talked about this. People we know who haven't gotten, who didn't go to college. Um, who got themselves uh, some other type of you know, trade education or whatever that is, um, and have gone out and, and created very satisfying and very lucrative lives. Um, so I, I'll, I'll say, I've said it once, I'll say it again, college is not for everybody, nor should it be. 
Um, and I think that's the lie that people have been sold about college and, and why it's so necessary to take on debt in order to get a college education. I think you really got to evaluate what I'm getting versus what I'm paying and make sure that um, you have a plan to pay it off. Uh, if you're going to take on debt, make sure you have a plan to pay it off within five years of graduating. And I think if you can't pay it off within five years of graduating based on the salary that you're projecting for yourself, then I think you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's key, right? And I think we'll jump into kind of having that plan for college debt. And I think you hit it on the head. Um, so not only having the goal, but the mechanics. How do you how do you make sure you get that college debt under control and get it paid? And Jody, I know we've talked about this, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this around making a budget, being careful with with credit spending less than you make, building up cash for a rainy day. We've talked about this, and this was the same advice we gave to high school graduates, but it's applicable in every stage of life, right? Making that budget, being careful with the credit cards and being careful with credit, um, all these different things. So, Jody, what's your take when it comes to having that plan to pay the college debt? So, assuming you're not going to grad school, we'll shift gears here a little bit. You have a mountain of debt. You're going into the job, uh, new job. You're lucky enough to land a new job. You're making decent money. Maybe you're making at that 54K. Maybe you're right at the average and you have 200000 in college debt over your head. Go. What do you do? Well, first of all, you shouldn't have a credit card, period. Because if you can't afford it in cash, you shouldn't be buying it, especially if you have, uh, we'll use your number, Paul, $200,000 in college debt, right? That should be priority number one, getting rid of that college debt as fast as possible. Because if you hold on to that, um, it's going to move in. It's going to live with you for the rest of your life. Um, it's it's going to take far longer. It's probably the hardest piece of debt that anyone pays off. Certainly, that's been our experience with with college loans, with with higher education loans. Um, it's it's the thing that sticks around. Other than a thirty year mortgage, it's the thing that sticks around the longest. So get rid of the credit card. You won't buy the stupid stuff that you think you're supposed to buy because you're a college graduate. Then you'll have more money to pay down that, that college debt. Um, I also think you need to just eliminate all unnecessary expenses. And Paul, to your point, create a budget, stick to the budget, get rid of all the crap that you don't need in your budget. And there's an awful lot of crap. Um, you know, paying $5 for a cup of coffee. I mean, that's an overly simplistic argument, but you know, make your coffee at home. Probably tastes better anyway. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's little, but it's little stuff like that because there are other things that you've got to spend money on. You've got to spend money on food, right? You've got to buy food. You've got to have electricity. You've got to have somewhere to live. And if you can't live, you know, your recent college graduate, you can't move back in with mom and dad or whoever, um, then you need to pay rent. Um, so there, there are certain things, you know, those consumption costs, the cost of being alive, the way I refer to it, um, that you got to pay. So eliminate all the other things that you don't got to pay from that $5 cup of coffee to Netflix or whatever the heck it is and um, get rid of all that stuff. You'd be surprised how much you pay for it and throw all of that on your college debt. But then but you, it's not going to work if you don't have a budget written down. Yeah. And I have to throw in one thing about this. And I think that moving back home, if you can with your parents, and if you have a good job, you have that example of $200,000 worth of debt, you have a $50,000 income, you move back home with your parents to accelerate the repay of the college loan. It could work, just make sure you have a plan and an exit strategy. 
right? Yeah. Time box oh, it yes. to two years and make it a jump start. But you really do want to get out on your own. I could tell you when I, I was thankful and grateful. My buddy JD, he inherited a house, wanted me to move in with him. I and I and I went and 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 it goes back to like I was living paycheck to paycheck and I wasn't even really technically paying rent. I was splitting bills with him for the house. Like he wasn't <laughs> charging me rent. Like such a good guy. Love him to death. Um, it, it was just it, it just to me when I think back, I was so stupid, right? Like I look back at what I was making as a young guy. And it was going, and it was going to stuff that I couldn't even, I can't even tell you what it was, Jody. I can't even tell you where it went. I, I have nothing have to show for of, it. You, you have, you own none of that stuff. All the stuff that you owned back then, I'll guarantee you, you, I, I know for me, you own none of it today, right? <laughs> Probably. Right? We'll have to do a hoarders episode in my basement, but um, I, I, I do have my fair share of 20 megabyte hard disks. That's how old school I am. I have a MacBook PowerBook 160 sitting somewhere in my basement, Jody. Um, oh, but uh, they get that thing on eBay. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'm going to have to uncover it. Uh, but it, it really is funny. But no, in all seriousness, have an exit plan, right? So you move back in with your parents. Time box it to two years, one year, whatever that time box is to help you jumpstart and accelerate that payback, and then find your own place, get your roommates, do whatever you need to do to get out of your house because nothing feels as good as being a bit more independent. I could tell you I love that feeling um, when I moved in with my buddy. And I remember, uh, I'm going to go on a side story here, Jody, um, my little brother, because I didn't move very far from the house. It was very close to my old house. It's, it's a funny story, but uh, my little brother comes over to visit me at the house. And my father um, kept telling him and my mother, oh, he'll be back. He'll be back, right? This is this is temporary, right? Well, it wasn't, and I, I never moved back into my parents' house after that. But um, I remember my, my brother told me the story. He went home, and they're having dinner, and he was just at my house. And my father's like, oh, he'll be home. And my brother's like, I don't think so. And my father's like, what do you mean? He goes, they got like a 32-inch TV, and they got cable, and they got a freezer full of Haagen-Dazs. I don't think he's coming home. Right? <laughs> it was just like – it was like – you know, which was true. We were, you know, having a lot of fun. You know, back then, a 32-inch uh, Sony Trinitron, I'm really dating myself, Ooh, um, baby. was big time. And I bought that thing for the apartment, and that thing was crazy, right? That was like the size at the time. See? So that's one of the stupid things I bought, Jody, right? I couldn't buy a 20-inch TV. I had to buy a 32 or a 35. I think it was 32. I want to say 32 or 35. Might have even been a 35 now. I can't remember. Um, but I did spend and that was a, probably the biggest one in the store, it right, was, Paul? It was massive. And it was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. CRT. Yeah, right. and, and that's where it all went. It took like three guys to carry it up the steps. But it was it was nuts. It was very nuts. So I'll, I'll, I'll steer us back into the lane here. Um, once again, to, re, to recap, if you're going to move back in with the parents, just have an exit strategy. I think that's key. I think one of the things we're going to shift gears completely here, talk about the job market and the job search. So for me, I think a lot of uh, the old school methodologies apply, but the tools are different, right? So you're tapping your network, um, tapping friends, tapping family members. Um, now with, with Google and job searching tools and all these different things out there, I still think it comes down to making those connections, who you know, who can get you on the inside track at a particular job. Um, the job market, of course, is tough right now. 
um, I think for any college grad, depending on the boom and bust, I know during the some of the, and sometimes it's 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 better in some markets in some years than others. But overall, I think the mechanics are still the same. Jody, what is your take when it comes to the job market and the search for that job? Something jumped out at me, Paul, when you're talking about um, uh, you know job sites and applying through through job sites and posting your resume and things like that. Um, boy, that has never been easier, right? I mean, you can put your, you can post your resume on on a couple of dozen of job sites uh, and hopefully get some some interviews and some job offers out of that, and that's great. Um, the other way, uh, and you mentioned this, Paul, to do it is is by tapping your network and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. It looks something like this. Here's the kind of thing I think I want to do. Do you know anybody? Um, you do that your entire life um, with all types of things. <laughs> yeah, you do. Right? <laughs> so start, just start doing that. And I think there's the difference between getting a job and getting a career, right? The former posting your job, posting your resume on job sites is getting a job. Um, tapping your network is getting a career because you're going to be able to figure out um, the place you want to be based on other people's input, other people's feedback um, and other people's assistance. Um, and really kind of propel yourself and set yourself up for success. So um, the, the short story is just get started, um, but, but I'll go back again to chasing the career rather than chasing the job and the paycheck. Yep, absolutely. And I think when it comes to the job search, all there are probably newer rules that I, we're not going to touch upon all of them, but a strong base resume, uh, very well thought out, very well typed um, no typos, all the basic things of a resume you still need. Um, and once again, all these things we're talking about tied to the finances, right? Because without these tools and without these pieces of advice that we're providing, it, it's you know, these are all the things that are going to lead to financial success over time, right? Chasing your dream, having a good resume, expanding your network. It all kind of ties hand in hand to, to both financial and personal advice that we've been talking about at the top of the podcast. Um, I'm going to shift gears one more time, Jody, into investing. So this is an, an interesting topic. So you have the job. Um, your college debt is still there but under control. Um, the one thing that I took away early and I started doing super early and I think for the most part has paid off for me is investing into your future in terms of your retirement investing, investing into your 401k. Very few of us out there are going to have a defined pension plan. What I mean by that is a government pension, something that when you graduate, you're guaranteed X amount of dollars for the rest of your life. Um, most pension plans, most retirement plans are 401k driven now where you have to make that investment. Your employers make an investment on your behalf. I'm a very big proponent of even if you have uh, a defined pension plan and you're lucky enough to have one, also take advantage of the 401k and take advantage of every opportunity of that 401k plan that you have at your job. And we could probably do a whole podcast on this, but I'm going to hit the highlights from my perspective of what I've learned over time. Um, always, always put money in your 401k at least up until the company match because if they're going to match you dollar for dollar up to $2,000 or $3,000 a year or, or higher, if you don't invest in your 401k, you're leaving that money on the table. So that's important to be aware of. The second thing is this whole debate of Roth IRA versus a non-Roth IRA. We're not going to get into the particulars now. One is pre-tax, one is post-tax. 
do your research. Maybe we could do a more uh, deep dive into that at some point, Jody, as a podcast. But um, make sure you just start with whatever you're comfortable with. Um, my personal advice is to go non-Roth and just go with a traditional uh, uh, 401k. But we could probably beat that up and other financial folks might beat me up for that. But that's just my personal take on it. Um, you also want to make sure that from a 401k perspective, you're not borrowing against it. You're not taking money out of it. Uh, if you can, if you can not do it, right? There's certain situations, and Jody, we've talked about this before, where it would make sense to take money out of your 401k or take loans against it. But if the rule of thumb is if you don't have to, don't, right? Keep the money in there. Let it build. Let it invest. Um, also, uh, do your research. If you have a 401k plan, look at the different funds you're investing in. Google different types of uh, making sure your portfolio is diverse. Um, there's certain age brackets where you could put more in equities versus more in fixed income. And I know I'm hitting you with a lot of different things, but, and we'll we listen back to some of our investing podcasts and some of our podcasts from the past, you'll get bits and pieces of, of investing. But I think in general, just start. You get that job, sign up for the 401k, research what it does, pick the funds and just invest. Jody, what's your take when it comes to uh, investing in your future when it comes to the 401k? Well, Paul, I think you hit it right, you know, and let's go back again to the people who are in that, you know, 25 year old age bracket um, and, and, and looking at a 40 year old and thinking they're old, you know, that that 15 years, you know, how much money you can save in that 15 years if you just put aside 5% of mm-hmm. your paycheck every every pay period? into just a basic savings account, that's a ton, a ton of money. Um, learn how to live on less than 100% of your paycheck. I think that's that's the key thing. That's a, that's, a, that's a muscle you wanna build for your entire career, for your entire life. Live on less than you make. Um, and, and just start right off the first paycheck, even if you don't set up that 401k, which I agree with you, Paul, if you don't, if you've got the opportunity to invest in a 401k with a company match and you're not doing it to claim that company match, money, money left on the table, money right through your fingers. So absolutely take advantage of that. And there are philosophies that say you shouldn't do that before you do other things. I would argue that's one thing you should do because that money will grow like crazy. Um, and, and in addition to that, I think you should also just be putting 5% cash into a savings account like a rainy day fund. Um, whether it's 5%, 10%, you pick the number, write down your budget, you figure out what number works for you, but be putting that money aside into a, we don't violate this. That's the emergency fund, right? That's Mm -hmm. the thing that you want to start building that up. And then maybe you can create a second account for the vacation or the car or the apartment or the, whatever the thing is. And it's, you know, it's 5% into the emergency fund and 5% into the fun fund or whatever that is. Um, but absolutely invest in the 401k with a company match right off the bat, um, uh, and, and absolutely be putting cash aside into a savings account to save for yourself that you can draw down on both in times of emergency for an emergency fund, as well as just long-term savings. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think with that, Jody, we'll kind of jump into the summary recap. So for me, um, I think we talked about a lot of different things today, went in a lot of different directions. Some of it was financial related. Some of it was general advice related. I think it all did tie back to the financials. Um, I think if you listen closely, you've heard, at least from me, a lot of mistakes, right? And and I'm an old guy now, but there's a lot of mistakes that were made. And hopefully, if the listeners out there, if you have someone or you know someone who's graduating college, 
um, let them listen to this, right? It's worth, I think, the – we never really plea for people to listen. But please, if you know a college graduate, please send them this link because I really do think that if they get anything out of it, it will be the mistakes that we – that at least I made, um, you know, along the way, and hopefully they'll learn from it. But I think if I had to recap it with the the, the, the three mantras of advice, it's pay yourself first. Once again, listen back to, we have a whole podcast dedicated to pay yourself first. Uh, start that 401k, which ties to the pay yourself first. Make sure you're investing in your future and go get them, right? To your point, Jody, live the dream, go get them. Jody, what's your recap for today? I think the one thing that I would say to a recent college graduate is you have the most uh, invaluable thing in the world, and that is time. You have the next 15 plus years before you're 40 to save tons of money and to make terrific decisions about your money. Take a long-term view. Be patient. Draft that little bit of money uh, from every paycheck into a savings account into a long-term retirement account, into something, um, just a little bit of money, and learn to live without that little bit of money for the rest of your life. You'll be amazed how much that builds up to when you actually go to draw down on it, when you're staring down 60 years old or 70 years old, or whenever you decide you want to segue out of you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week in an office working, um, you'll be amazed at the pile of that money that is if you just learn to live on a little bit less than you make. It, it, it may sound hard in the beginning. It gets super easy, super fast. So I would say recognize that the, the most valuable thing you have right now is time and use that time to its, its utmost. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. 